The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamualaikum, everyone, and welcome to Mindful Moments. I hope you're all having a great Friday. My name is Farah, and I am your host today. Ramadan Mubarak to you all. I hope, inshallah, your Ramadan is going well. We've got an exciting lineup for you all today on the Mindful Moments show. So, as you know, we're all about mental well being, spiritual well being, physical well being. And you know, I am, uh, I help to run Seeking Sakoon, which is your mental well being organization in Luton, especially for Muslims, but open to everyone. And the Ramadan series will be about spiritual well-being inshallah so we've got some interesting topics that overlap with mental health as well and some great guests to discuss the topics with me so hope your ramadan is going well today we'll be talking about ocd obsessive compulsive disorder this is something that affects uh, the muslim community a lot and i think the guests can also on some of the experiences they've had with people struggling with this in the community and it affects 150 people in the UK and that's that amounts to over 1 million people who are struggling with OCD and as you know it affects people in the Muslim community in more specific ways which we'll be discussing so today we're going to talk about that with our guests and hopefully look at the causes maybe and then inshallah some more practical steps, especially for people who are a bit nervous about uh, partaking in Ramadan and how you can allow your spiritual well-being to be enhanced, inshallah, even if you're struggling with OCD or you know someone in your family or friends who is struggling with OCD. So uh, my guests today are Ustad Nuruddin, Sheikh Nuruddin and Saadia Lira. Sheikh Nuruddin, as you all know, he's been on Inspire FM before. And he is a well-known scholar in Luton who's been teaching for about for over 20 years, I think, now, the Islamic sciences. You, uh, Ustad has Islam Answers as the website where you, Ustad contributes to questions and answers. And you have YouTube Shorts, you have YouTube, TikTok, all types of social media, Mashallah, to try and reap every possible corner of Luton and uh, the community worldwide, Mashallah. Uh, also, more recently, Assad has opened or helped or contributes to Salam Seekers, which is a uh, another YouTube podcast. So, Assalamualaikum, Assad. Waalaikum Assalam, Barakallahu Feek. How are you doing? Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Thank you so much for coming on, Assad. We always love your insight. You've been on Mindful Moments before talking about relationship well-being, which was very interesting and went down very well. Alhamdulillah. Um, and we also have Sadia Lira with us, and Sadia also helps us start on the Salam Seekers podcast, but she's also doing a PhD psychology, mashallah, and training as a health psychologist. So Sadia, Salaam alaikum, thank you so much for coming on. Walaikum Asalaam, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be part of this today. Yeah, I think it'd be really good to hear your insights about, uh, especially with your your more uh, psychology background you've got more of the scientific insights to OCD as well so thank you so much for coming on okay so I want to first talk about before we go into details we need to first 
explain to any of you listening at home, even myself, what is OCD? And Sadia, will I have diagnosed OCD if I think that, you know, once today I forgot if I had run my fingers over my head when uh, making the Is that OCD? No, no, absolutely not. And I'm glad, Farah, that you're starting off with that because sometimes um, when people hear about OCD, that is actually a bigger stigma. Like people would use that as a daily thing. Oh, I've got OCD over this. I have OCD over that. Mm. But it's an actual diagnosis. So just to, uh, Farah, just like you said, let's lay it out for the audience. So OCD um, is a the definition would be obsessive compulsive disorder. So when we break obsessive and compulsive down, we'll get an idea of what really is going on with OCD. So the obsessive part is a lot to do with consistent thoughts about something, for example. So um, let's say if we take the religious OCD as an example. So for example, someone might be thinking about, have I done my wudu correctly? So that could be a thought about when we go into the disorder, obsessive compulsive element to it, now that thought may result into a behavior. So when that behavior comes into place and it is going on, a let's say a cycle, it's when it is likely to be OCD. Now, um, when we dive into a bit more, for example, um, if a person, as you just given an example of, you know, just running the, what was it, running their hand through there? If I did that bit or not. Yeah. Okay, you know, gurgling my mouth if I left something out. Yeah, I mean, that's just a, that's kind of like what we do, don't we? Like we sometimes ask ourselves, have we done that right? Have we done this okay? So anything, anytime when a person is thinking, have I got OCD or not? The main thing, anything with mental health is when it is in moderation, like we all do. Sometimes we might forget something. Sometimes we might think about it and be like, have we done X, Y, and Z? But if we're constantly thinking about it and then we're acting on it on a cycle. So what I mean by that, let's say today, um, I'll give an easy example before we dive into religious OCD. I will give an example of um, locking our doors, right? Mm -hmm. We all think about this often. Oh, have I locked the door? Have I done it? And then I might be like, do you know what? Yeah, I think I have. Or I might, like today I might check and be like, okay, let me check, you know, if I've done it properly. But then let's say I go upstairs and I've already checked and I get this thought again, right? Now, as a result, I'm coming downstairs again and I'm doing this like three, four, five, six, seven consistent. So it's over and over. It's not exactly. just like one thought. No, it's not one of, it has to be over and over. Now, just, I think it's really important. The reason why I... I was saying about to break down OCDs because OCD, the obsessive part is the thought, is, mm -hmm. is the consistent thought, and the compulsion is the behavior. So when they both come into place, right, that is when, and in repeat or in a cycle, that is when. So thought become. with action. Yes, exactly. And an obsessive cycle of that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, so the part obviously today we wanted to speak more about is the religious OCD because within OCD is, there's various elements. So there's um, you've got something could be related to cleaning. It could be related to um, having. So in in a lay word, for example, maybe some sometimes people want things to be quite perfect and straight line in order. You know, there's various elements. But today I think we want to focus more on the religious um, aspect of it. So for me, it's quite a it's not very well researched even now the religious aspect because it's quite unique and it doesn't obviously affect everyone right so people that are more likely to be spiritual 
right? So the religious, um, if someone is an atheist, for example, it may not impact them because that's not something meaningful to them. So that's yeah. another thing about OCD we have to understand is that people may develop OCD around things that mean a lot to them. So if religion is something important to you, you may develop OCD around something in relation to that. So again, let's use wudu as an example, right? Mm -hmm. So um, let's say I woke up for fajr and I've done my wudu and I'm about to do it and I'm just on the action of washing my face, for example. Now, I may have done it, but then now I'm going, I'm going through the whole cycle of OCD, right? So, okay, now the intrusive thoughts, okay, have I done it properly? Right, no, I haven't. Then I'm doing, I'm washing my face again. I'm washing my face again. I'm washing it a couple of times. And because the behavior is now coming in, and sometimes a lot of people um, act on the behavior because it gives them a comfort. So this is something like your brain kind of needs, and they've kind of convinced themselves, hold on, now I've done that. So maybe I'm not going to be sinful. But as a result, what happens, a lot of times we say in our field is when you act on the intrusive thoughts, the intrusive thoughts become more regular. So it's like an earthquake. You know, I see it like an earthquake. You know, you hear once there's an earthquake, there's likely to be another, there's likely yeah. to be another one happening soon after. And it's very similar. So when it comes to intrusive thoughts, when you act on it, it becomes more regular and then you're likely to kind of, you know, continue. Yeah. Okay. So it, it seems to be like a, again, a vicious cycle. And if you act on those intrusive thoughts, it adds fuel to the fire in a way. And it, it makes it even worse. Okay. Also, do you see a lot of, because I know that seeking support, we get a lot of clients coming to us that, that suffer with OCD and it's more religious OCD, as Sadia was saying. Um, do you get a lot of people in the community that come to you um, for, for help with OCD? Yes, it's fairly prevalent, I would say, uh, mashallah. And it, it does vary. I would suggest that it's more often regarding issues of Tahara wudu, ghusl, uh, impurities and such things, it is fairly prevalent. And uh, I appreciate that we're speaking about this, Allah Most High bless you both, because uh, I do feel that it, it's not brought up enough. And I personally have made a conscious effort, even though we find these things raised in hadith and uh, raised in the in the books of fiqh, Islamic uh, law or jurisprudence as well, but I, uh, I make even more of a conscious effort to speak about them regularly because... Um, unless you catch these things early and you know really spread the guidance regarding them, people can't recognize the early stages of them, of these concerns, and therefore they do spiral and things do snowball. And when they actually go to somebody for help, they're really far along in yes. the process. So, uh, I've got a real interest in trying to catch things earlier, trying to educate people in advance and the, the, one of the concerning aspects of it is one of the tricky aspects, I would say, of this is because normally in religion, we speak about being cautious. It's good to yes. be cautious. Yes. Um, yeah. And then sometimes people confuse that and, and that can exacerbate the waswasa because they think, oh, OK, um, fine. I made wudu and I think I'm fine, but I, there's a chance I didn't wipe my head right. I'm going to go back and do it again. Oh, there's a tiny chance that I may have missed a portion of my arm as I was washing it. So I'm going to, well, it's only a, a few seconds and it, you know, it's just more cautious. So because the, you know, there's this uh, confusing element, you may say, where people conflate 
between cautious in the deen and actually following the sunnah of the Prophet it really does need to be emphasized. Mm, and, and you were saying um, impurities and sin. Yeah, unfortunately, we don't have very long for the show. Otherwise, it would be amazing to go into how, like, what sort of things you see to catch it early. But you were saying about impurities and um, it's usually around filth. Does it also, it's like, I know people that um, struggle with sinning aspect and also in Ramadan, uh, for people who feel they may have sinned, they they then overthink and think, has this invalidated my fast? And then it goes into things like eating something or accidentally swallowing um, water while showering. Um, do, have you spoken to clients or people like that? Yes, uh, it's it's less common than uh, tahara and salah. Tahara, once again, being purity and salah is the prayer. Um, but yes, even with the fast, it does occur. Uh, you know, somebody's performing wudu and they say, I was trying my best not to swallow water, but I think I swallowed water. And alhamdulillah, the answers are there. They just need, people need to study and we need to do a better job of really getting these messages out in the community. The principle is there in, in Islamic law and jurisprudence that um, your act of ibadah, of worship, is sound unless known otherwise, not suspected otherwise. So if you, if you suspect you swallowed water, that doesn't affect your fast. It's only if it's a matter of fact, you are sure, there's no doubt that you swallow the water, then fine, you, uh, your, uh, your fast is nullified. But this is highly unlikely. Usually it is, you know, uh, yourselves obviously referring to uh, as OCD. We, uh, in a religious context, context, we tend to call this waswasa or the insinuations or whispers of the shaitan. Okay, and um, so, okay, so that moves on nicely to the causes, and you were saying that it's wasa or from, from the shaitan. Is that what Islamically, from the Islamic science's perspective, is OCD or is the, the sole cause of OCD from shaitan? Is that shaitan's whispers? Yeah, we have this understanding that it relates to the shaitan and misguiding a person. But we also have an understanding in Islam that, you know, people um, learn particular behaviors and then they, um, you know, they become a pattern uh, for the individual. Those behaviors become patterns for the individual. And then, you know, although there's a whole discussion about what's meant by shaitan being locked up in Ramadan, but yes. if we go with the view that he is literally locked up or that shaitan are all locked up, people still suffer from OCD. Why? Because even if we go with that opinion, there's no shaitan because, you know, it becomes a habit. Right. Okay. So even when shaitan is locked up in Ramadan, it can still affect people, yeah. fortunately, yes. because of, of it being a habit. Okay. And, and um, Sadia, from the psychological background or the scientific background, what what do we recognize as, as the, the causes there, maybe neurologically? Yeah, so there are various elements that can cause OCD. So there isn't just one answer to it. And I will go through just a few, as, as you mentioned about the time. So firstly, it will be around environmental. So for example, it could be um, observing certain behaviors, especially growing up as a child. And then that yes. element goes kind of like what Siddhi Noor said, which is so interesting. I was listening to the second point Siddhi made that, you know, sometimes the behavior that you observe growing up, it plays a massive role. And then you've got other elements of child abuse as well, which has been found to be quite significantly uh, 
correlated with right. individuals showing OCD. Yeah, and that can again, when you dive into that, it's quite. That's why I was saying earlier, it's quite complex. Um, with any kind of mental health, it is complex and kind of like what Sidinur said earlier as well. If you can catch it earlier, it's easier to dive into and kind of you know compact like this might be the issue, that might be the issue. But when you when it's been years, because a lot of time with this, people do not go and seek help, especially religious OCD, because they're under the impression. I um this is a sign of uh, piousness that look I am look at you know I am doing more though it's probably better for me so because of these issues a lot of time religious OCD is not being um you know individuals are not seeking help earlier on so when we do speak about um child abuse for example like if I just if, if you've got some time I can just break it down quickly yeah so yeah so the elements would start from for example it could be the expectation of them when they're young or the way um if, again, if we're speaking about religious OCD, how was God portrayed to them? How was he portrayed? Was he uh, portrayed as someone, you know, like, uh, you know, when we speak about Allah's merciful, and of course, Allah also punishes people. But when sometimes people just focus on punishment and not so much on, you know, it can change the way people feel and ultimately impact their behavior. So, yeah, so the for, for now, you know, research does show like there is various reasons for OCD taking place, but a lot of it could be down to childhood abuse, down to your environment, down to what you observe. Um, other things I wanted to highlight as well. So OCD, they find that over 76% of cases of people with OCD, they have other mental health conditions as well. So that right. they may actually have depression, they might have anxiety. So then again, if we are just focusing on that, it's not going to work. You know, we have to look at what else is going on. So that that's interesting you're saying. So that may be linked to why people who ha have been abused struggle more with OCD because often that comes with other mental health illnesses, unfortunately. Okay, I won't dive into maybe what that does to your brain. The abuse. Yeah, I'll, I'll be here for a whole day or two. <laughs> <laughs> we'll maybe have another series on that, inshallah. Um, but okay, so and Zahra, you were saying about sort of being raised in a with religious parents or an environment where it's very focused on the punishment of Allah and being too wary of that. And I was actually I, I was looking online about this and looking at some research, and some people have found that actually Muslims suffer more may suffer more with OCD than their Christian counterparts, which is quite interesting. So Stada, I don't know if you come across that and, and if you have any comments on maybe why that is. Um, I haven't necessarily asked those questions when people come to me. Yeah. Um, but one example is fresh in my mind where a person was suffering from uh, OCD related issues or waswasa related issues. And that was a huge aspect of it. But that was more so related to sin and toba and not being able to um, seek forgiveness and move on. You know, a person was still in that, uh, you know, the quagmire uh, and, and just suffering and not being able to move on. So no doubt that has an impact. Now, obviously, as you've both touched upon, of course, there is the aspect of the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Islam. And that's important. And no Muslim is going to undermine that in any way. But... Uh, our deen also teaches us regarding the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and especially when we're speaking about things like this, mental health issues generally, but in particular waswasa, there's a huge focus on forgiveness, 
overlooking the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and making things easy. And you have beautiful examples from the Prophet where people would come with issues and the Prophet would give them such an easy solution. And if, if a person were to actually reflect upon that and think, yeah, but there's still a possibility, it's just completely ignored. One example, a person would say to the Prophet mentioned to the Prophet a man may be praying and then experience something or feel something. It's not a direct translation of the Arabic, but that's the meaning of it. Feel something, you know, like a movement in the stomach area or, you know, around the area. Um, and the Prophet and he was alluding to passing wind. The Prophet said to him, and if you hear it or you smell it, ignore it. You see, we know that a person could potentially pass wind without hearing it or smelling it, but it's just overlooked. It's just don't pay any attention to it. And that clearly links to the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how Allah most high has made things easy for us. So this is why in Islam, we're always looking for a balance. Yes, fine, of course, it's in the Quran regarding the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but rarely is wrath or punishment mentioned, except that mercy is mentioned immediately before it or after it. Okay, mashallah. And the example you're giving of the Prophet there, it, it quite clearly quite shows not to ponder or sort of focus too much on one thing yeah. just to move on and and that's actually generally for any part of life whether it's for you know um something that you're worrying about ocd or not okay so we haven't got very long left i want to move on towards practical tips because we always like to give some practical tips here on mindful moments so for anyone out there who's listening and um is in in ramadan alhamdulillah and they're struggling with OCD or they know someone who is struggling with OCD, uh, do you have any practical steps to maximize your um, long, sorry, to maximize your spiritual well-being in Ramadan? And also, uh, Sadia, I'll pose to you first, the therapeutic um, ways to resolve OCD and, and what to do in the long term initially and then Ustad, if you want to maybe give some tips for Ramadan in the short term and, and how to um, maximize for someone who is suffering, but someone who is suffering, how can they still make the most of it? So Saad, yeah, if you want to go first with the therapy or therapeutic side of things. Yeah, so um, currently they find that cognitive behavior therapy is very, very helpful. Now, when we speak about CBT, we I think it's really important to get that help from a Muslim professional or somebody who understands religious OCD. Like we spoke about earlier, there are various types of OCD and not if you're not specializing in that, you wouldn't know how to deal with it. So I think somebody with a background of, um, I mean, I would say Muslim, uh, particularly Muslim, but even if they're not and they understand religion, I think that would be a massive help. Now, I think... Sorry, when could, we... you, could you go to your local sheikh then? Because a lot of people do this. Oh, not, not local sheikh. <laughs> what I mean is Muslim therapist. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah maybe, maybe I was cut off there with the audio. But no, absolutely, you'd have to go to your... Um, so if you can find somebody online... So uh, there's a link, Farah, I'll send to you. That I don't know if you know of them. So they have a a list of um, counsellors, that Muslim counsellors, and we are talking about, I think, hundreds of them in the yeah. UK. And there's a, yeah, and you could just, people can just search them up. 
and they can look for specifically, you know, what it is that they look because again, if they want help with other elements, because as we said, OCD might not be the only thing. There might be other issues going on. So I, I would start off, I would just take a few steps back. Initially, I would say they need a form of assessment. And I think that you could do with your GP for free um, because your GP does provide that for free. And then take a step and see, you know, if you can speak to your GP and ask them because when you are seeking therapy with your GP, it's likely to be free. Whereas obviously if you are, it can cost you a little bit of money. So initially maybe you can start on that route and then speak to your GP and see if there are, if they can refer you to any uh, Muslim mental health practitioners. And from there, go on to um, either searching for yourself. You can search on, on those websites that inshallah will pass on. And I think you mentioned about Sakoon as well, didn't you? Yeah, we, we've got triage services and we can... If anyone needs that, please get in contact with us through our Inspire FM and inshallah we can refer you to the appropriate appropriate therapy. Right, Ustad, they've given you a hard task. You have a, a, just one tip for Ramadan. If you could just say one quick tip for someone. I'm sorry, I'm going to do two. I apologize. Okay. First thing I would say, catch it early. Don't, at the early stages, don't think that, oh, it's just better if I, um, you know, if I just give in to it, if I just, because it's good to be cautious. That's the first one. The second one is um, study the sunnah correctly and observe the sunnah. The sunnah is superior. The sunnah will save you and, and help you and guide you through. Um, take the advice of the Prophet, <laughs> not the waswasa of shaitan. And yes, I agree. A person who's really far along is going to need specialist advice. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, so catch it early and study the sunnah and seek specialist advice. There we are, everyone. For anyone struggling with OCD or knowing anyone struggling with OCD, whether it's in Ramadan or, or generally, these are some amazing tips. And I want to thank you both, Osad Nurajin and Sadia, May Allah bless you and reward you for your time and for helping, uh, try, like doing your best to help the community, inshallah. We are going to continue with this Ramadan series next time. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I hope your Ramadan goes well, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefmluton.org.